Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and affect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Hello, brothers and sisters. What a great day, the day of the Lord. I'm real excited about what God is doing and what we have for you right here at Truth and Liberty. I want to invite you to call in. We have a number that will get you involved. If you have comments, hopefully comments that would be a blessing to the other listeners, um, also your questions. We'll take your questions and we've got a powerful two days in store for you today and tomorrow with Flashpoint. I'll, I'll get to that here in a moment as well. Uh, the phone number is 719-719-619-2341. And I want to invite you to call in and to be engaged. This is an interactive show and we share things on different issues of our culture and the times, and we welcome your questions and your input. So that's 719-619-2341. One real quick announcement that I'm excited about is tomorrow, Richard Harris will be the host here on Truth and Liberty, and he'll have the Flashpoint team as his guest. Boy, you don't want to miss that. Uh, I wish I could have uh, done something like that today. So that's tomorrow right here at Truth and Liberty uh, at the regular time. We are hosting Flashpoint tonight, February the 8th, and tomorrow night, February the 9th. And uh, that begins here at the Karis campus in Woodland Park, Colorado. The doors open at 6 p.m. and then we'll go live uh, on our website at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Again, the Flashpoint team is right here on the Karis College uh, campus. This located at 800 Gospel Truth Way, Woodland Park, Colorado, 80863. Our keynote speakers, of course, are Gene Bailey, Andrew Walmack, Lance Walnall, Kylie Jean Tenahill, Mike Lindell. We've got Mike Lindell on the campus. That is going to be such a blessing. Hank Kuhneman, Luke Ball, and Rick Green. And I don't know how many of those will be on Truth and Liberty with Richard tomorrow, but you don't want to miss that uh, it, it's going to be fireworks. It's going to be exciting. We also have the Riverside Gospel Truth Conference, Riverside, California, Riverside Gospel Truth Conference 2024. That's located at Riverside Convention Center, Riverside Convention Center, two or excuse me, 3637 Fifth Street, Riverside, California. Our guest speakers will be Andrew Walmack and yours truly, hallelujah. I'll be with my good friend, Andrew. I'm excited about this. I've been to California a couple of times and it's such a blessing. And so Andrew and I will be speaking 
at the Riverside Gospel Truth Conference. We also have Grace and Faith Mexico, Grace and, Grace and Faith Mexico 2024, February the 22nd and the 23rd, February 22nd and 23rd. The location, and I'm going to ask you to go to truthandliberty.net, truthandliberty.net slash events for the address. No hablo espanol. If I give this, if I give this address, man, I'm going to be sending people to Puerto Rico or South America. I cannot say this address. So you'll have to go to the website, Grace and Faith Mexico uh, slash AWMI slash uh, awminet.net slash event. Boy, I even messed up all the English. I'm sure glad I didn't try to give that address uh, in Spanish. The guest speakers, of course, are Andrew Walmack, Mike and Carrie Pickett, Johan Tote. Uh, and again, you can register for that event at awmi.net slash events. Woo, I'm glad I got through that. Uh, <laughs> those are going to be some tremendous things. Again, you don't want to miss Flashpoint here tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, live right here on our website. So we also want to remind you of the website and all the news feeds that we have available, 24-hour news feed. It's updated every 15 minutes, and uh, they're conservative resources uh, have been vetted at least to a measure. We need to know what's going on and know how to pray, know what we need to do uh, in, these challenging, in these challenging times. I wanted to minister, and I'm going to still minister, on discernment and the need for discernment. The mission of Truth and Liberty is to take the gospel, take the wisdom of God to these different mountains of culture. And one of the main mountains that is a mountain of great influence is politics. And so we endeavored to address the politics of today. Uh, what is the, the word of God and what does the word of God have to say, at least in principle, on some of the things that are going on in our country? And brothers and sisters, we're we're in some serious times, and uh, the media and certain political figures talk about the democracy being under threat, when in fact the representative republic is absolutely under assault, and our political system is, is under assault. And if we do not see a change in direction with our political system, we're, we're morphing into a police state, even as I speak, where political opponents are being targeted by our government. And this is not good. This is not good for a representative republic uh, in that sense, a democracy and the power of the vote. This is why in election integrity is so important. This is why IDs are so important. This is why it's important that the citizens uh, of any country uh, are the ones that that chart their destiny. And we are blessed to have a representative republic that is based on a constitution and the freedom and rights. That's why we call this truth 
and liberty. It's truth and knowing the truth that'll make you free, bring about liberty. Well, all these lies and deceptions and people being, being drugged into all these deceptions is creating a crisis in our country. And again, we've got uh, warfare now. Spiritual warfare is a part of what we engage in, but we got lawfare. And if we don't, if we don't see a change soon, if we don't stop the bleeding, then the courts are going to decide who our president presidents are. Even as I speak, the the case that Colorado brought up against Trump and removed him or is trying to remove him from the Colorado ballot is before the Supreme Court, even as we speak. And this is what the enemies of a representative republic and freedom are trying to use now to kick people off the ballot. That if people can just be kicked off the ballot, like what we're seeing happening to Trump, then, then again, it's all going to be rigged. Many of us struggle with, we feel like our politics are rigged already. There's so much cheating. There's so much fraud. There's so much, uh, again, shenanigans that go on during the election that we waver and wonder, did, did, did the right person get voted in or was it rigged? Uh, and, and we cannot continue with even those those doubts. We've got to clean up the system. But before we can clean up the system, we've got to engage, brothers and sisters, at some level, at a local level, uh, a state level, and hopefully at a, at a national level in our civil, our civil duties. And so this Colorado case of, of, again, taking Trump off the ballot, you know, if Colorado can take him off, then other states can take him off. And there'll come a day, I know some of you hate Trump, I get it, it's a spirit. But if, if, if we can see that happen, then why can't the next Republican candidate be kicked off the ballot? And the next, and one day it will just be a one-party rule, which will be disaster. And so this is why the January 6th, uh, uh, issue was such a profound and important issue. And there are things that happened on January 6th that are just terrible. The, the rioting at the Capitol, nobody can defend that, uh, and violence and anyone getting out of hand like that. On the other hand, there were so many things that, that happened that have gone unresolved, uh, even the bomb. There was a bomb planted at the DNC and Kamala Harris was inside the DNC and there's this bomb that was planted that has been covered up. And there's a reason why it's been covered up. I'm telling you, there is so much corruption going on in our government right now. We have got to see an intervention. We've got to, to see some change at any level. Man, I wish things were one way and, 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 and it was perfect, but our systems are not perfect. And so we're participating in something that is corrupted and not perfect, but we have to see a change. Um, I've got a clip for you uh, that I want to show you in regards to the Supreme Court that is going on right now. And they're reviewing the case of, again, Colorado taking Trump off the ballot. And, and the people who are trying to do this are using the 14th Amendment. They're perverting it. And they're trying to connect Trump to insurrection and, and thereby 
keep him from being on the ballot or eligible for election. This is why they went this direction in the first place and called this an insurrection. And we've got video and tapes. Trump's a lot of things, and I'm not here to defend Trump. Uh, that is not the issue. The issue is the time and the seasons that we're in and, and how perverted and corrupt people are, and good people have to step up. Good people have to stand up and make a stand in the name of the Lord. They're using, again, the 14th Amendment, and I'm reading the 14th Amendment here, and they'll put that up on the screen for me. Uh, no person shall hold any office under the United States who, having previously taken an oath to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. That's why you see this corrupt January 6th committee uh, trying to pin Trump and please take Trump out of the equation. If, if it wasn't Trump, anybody who stands up to these people, brothers and sisters, anybody who gets close to truth and telling the truth, even if they're rude and crude, telling the truth are going to come under assault and, and they're trying to stick this insurrection tag on him to keep him off the ballot. Listen at the uh, Supreme Court here, this clip. It's just a short clip of, uh, I believe it's Roberts, uh, Chief Justice Roberts that's speaking. Can we go ahead and play that clip? A goodly number of states will say, uh, whoever the Democratic candidate is, you're off the ballot, and others uh, for the Republican candidate, you're off the ballot, and it'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. That's a pretty daunting consequence. Well, certainly, Your Honor, the fact that there are potential frivolous applications of a constitutional provision isn't a reason... Well, no, hold on. I mean, you might think they're frivolous, but probably the people who are bringing them may not think they're frivolous. Um, insurrection is a broad, uh, broad term. Incredible. I praise God for our Chief Justice and the wisdom that there are people, whether you want to face it or not, and brothers and sisters, I'll be honest with you, I struggled with this for quite a few years, that are in power that hate this country and that will do anything to destroy it, to tear it down. There are people in power that really would love to see this thing burn to the ground, and somehow or another in their perverted minds, they're going to re reconstruct it in some other image other than the, the constitutional uh, uh, papers that we have that protect us, the individual, from the government. This is the beauty of the Bill of Rights, is they restrict the government's ability to persecute, prosecute, and even execute the citizens. This is what the Founding Fathers envisioned was that we, the people, we give consent, the governed give consent to being governed. And, and that is not what people with a corrupt mind desire. They want power. They want control. They want to manipulate the ma uh, masses. They want to empower themselves and disempower us. And our Constitution is the only thing that stands between us and outright tyranny, despotism, um, full-blown socialism, fascism and communism, all these things that they'll accuse others of, they are guilty of. 
This is something about the national media. You have to learn and get some discernment. Whatever's in their heart, whatever they're guilty of, they project it onto others. They accuse others of what they're guilty of to get on the offense and not have to be on the defense for their corruption. And that's what we're seeing in the national media. We're seeing things said and done that are dyslexic, that these people are guilty of the very thing they're accusing other people of. That's what Isaiah chapter 5 says, and that's what it means in verse 20 where it says, Woe unto them that call good evil, that replace light for darkness, darkness for light, bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. That many of these people in power and positions of power and on these mountains of influence, the media, the educational mountain, uh, our college campuses, uh, the political mountain, they, they will accuse others of what they're guilty of. The very people that are fascist today are accusing Trump and others of being fascist when in fact they are the fascist, just like racism. Racism used to mean something, and it used to be something that, man, you, you, you didn't want to have anything to do with, and now it is, is used so much, and people are called racist that are not racist. I've been called a racist just because I'm defending truth and because I won't, I won't esteem one color above any other color. Uh, the very people accusing others of racist are the epitome of racist among us. And so we're going to have to have discernment in these last of the last days. And one of the things that Flashpoint does that I'm excited about what God's doing in that ministry one of the things that we do here, again, at Truth and Liberty is to help equip people to discern the times that we live in. A part of maturity as a believer, a part of your spiritual growth and us nurturing your spiritual growth is so you can discern good and evil. You can discern the times. Man, there's so much going off in me and in my heart in regards to maturity and immaturity, being a convert, a believer versus a disciple, a disciplined follower of Jesus, and how that, brothers and sisters, if we do not grow up, if the church does not transition from immaturity to maturity, we will not be able to discern good and evil. We'll call good evil. We'll call evil good if we don't have discernment, if we don't have wisdom, if we're not mature, if we don't transition from this childhood stage that so many Christians are locked into to adulthood, we're going to be deceived versus having discernment. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say a shower is coming, and so it is. Luke chapter 12, verse 54, look at verse 55. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be hot weather, and there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it you do not discern this time? Think about that, brothers and sisters. Most Christians today do not discern the times. They don't see the hour we're in. They don't see the crisis we're in. They don't see the danger that's ahead because of immaturity. They simply have been stuck in an immature condition 
so long that they can't discern what's going on around them. Just like if I could, if I could just get one thing accomplished in, in the times we live in is you've got to take the name Trump out of the assaults that are occurring toward this man and realize it's not about Trump. I can't tell how many Christians I meet that they have the same attitude toward Trump that the world has, and, and they have no discernment at all of what God is doing and, and what this man is standing for and why he's hated so much. Did you know the world that hates Trump now, the Democrats that hate him and foam at the mouth, the media that attacks him, causes all this division, uh, bears false witness. One of the one of the Ten Commandments is you we should not bear false witness. That's even different than lying. People lying usually are protecting themselves or they're they're covering themselves. They're embarrassed to tell the truth and so they lie to protect themselves. False witnessing is destroying another human being. It's attacking another human being in a falsehood and a false way and and this is happening, and it's not about Trump. It's about any conservative position you have. You will be hated in this culture. You, you will be assaulted. You will be persecuted if you have moral absolutes. If you speak the truth even in love, you will be accosted. You will be attacked. That's where this is going there will come a day, brothers and sisters, if we don't repent, if we don't turn from our sins, if we don't wake up, if we don't grow up into him in all things, the Bible will be tagged as hate speech. You will not be allowed in your churches to read your Bible. You will not be able to assemble together. You'll be considered, churches will be considered places of insurrection, enemies of the state. Why do you think in communist countries they remove the Bible? Because the Bible and knowing the truth, the Bible in God's word is truth. It doesn't just contain truth. It is truth. Thy word. Jesus prayed in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. It's the word of God that awakens you. It's the word of God that opens the eyes of your understanding. Psalms 119, 130, the entrance of God's word giveth light. This is why we have a Karis Bible school. This is why we have online um, uh, classes that you can, you can join and you can hook up to getting in the word of God daily because what God's word does is it gives you discernment. It gives you light. And the lack of word, even in the church, is causing Christians and entire groups to vote for people that hate them, vote for people that are of anti-Christ, that literally hate God, the true and the living God. They hate the truth. They hate anything that is moral and 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 of value and near and dear to the heart of God. And these attacks on Trump, he's just in the way. They're going to, we saw during COVID-19, they'll come a day, they'll try to shut our churches down and we may have to go underground right here in America to worship God. We may have to smuggle Bibles into different cities 
in America, where people can hear the truth, where they can know what's up and down and right and wrong and good and bad, and what's of God and what's of the devil. We have to discern the times. And the lack of discernment is my greatest concern. I believe the number one threat to the church today is immaturity. Immaturity. In, in um, Hebrews chapter 5, the writer is dealing with immaturity and how that people aren't progressing. They're not going forward, so they're going backwards. And the writer said he had many things to share, but he couldn't because they were dull of hearing. When you do not have understanding and you're not pursuing God and you're not in his word and you're not exalting his word and you're not, you're not making God's word final authority in your life, your senses in your immaturity will govern you and you'll be deceived. You will be deceived. Uh, the writer says in Hebrews 5.12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and have, have come to need milk and not solid food. There's the milk of God's word that are for the immature that will nurture you and develop you out of your immaturity into maturity. Then there's solid food. There's meat, the meat of God's word that equips you now as being mature and developing in your maturity. Listen, to help the immature. Brothers and sisters, you're not watching right now by accident. God is, is, is calling you out from among them and now wants to equip you to help the immature around you. We're not to be condemning the immature among us as the people of God, but we are to comfort them, encourage them, and nurture them out of their immaturity. He goes on to say, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, he's immature. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Oh my goodness, did you see that? That just said, if you're a baby Christian, if you're stuck in immaturity, you are going to be governed by your five physical senses and you will not be able to discern good from evil. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that at all. If you're born again, you're a good person now in Christ. You've been made righteous and truly holy. But as a babe that only has the milk of God's word, then, then your five physical senses, what you see, what you hear, what you smell, um, what you hear, and what you touch is going to dominate you. Your feelings are going to override the mind of Christ in your spirit. It's going to override wisdom. And this is why maturity is so important. This is why I and others... I, I respect my friend Andrew Walmack so much. I know him well, and his heart is to, is, to, is to teach you the Word of God, feed you the Word of God, give you these, these absolutes in God's, in God's Word and these principles that govern our lives so that the world can't easily deceive you and we become 
what Stalin said, useful idiots, useful idiots in the destruction of our country, useful idiots in the destruction of our homes, useful idiots. And I didn't say that. I'm, I think that's a little strong. I'm not trying to call you an idiot, but many of us are useful uh, idiots and, and we're participating, voting for people to destroy our children's destiny and lives in all of this foolishness. Well, I'll be back here in 90 seconds, and I want to look at milk versus meat. And what does that mean? I'll be back in 90 seconds. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff, and I'll be taking your calls here and your questions in a moment, but I want to encourage you again to be awake and awakening is taking place. And you and I are a part of that great third great awakening that I believe the Lord has put on my heart and many other people's heart. Of, of just our eyes being open that, wait a minute, this right here is evil. And wow, this right here is good. That in the Bible is described as a mature believer, an adult. And uh, many of us just simply have not transitioned from childhood to adulthood spiritually in the body of Christ. And that's what God is doing right now. Let me give you the number again, 719 2341 7196192341 I want to talk about milk versus meat of God's word because I don't hear a lot said about this and the things I do hear said are not necessarily incorrect but they are certainly incomplete what is the milk of God's word versus the meat of God's word in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul writing to this church, and this was, this was a born-again church. They were spirit-filled. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul declares that they came behind in no spiritual gift. The spiritual gifts were functioning. These people were absolutely on fire in that sense for the Lord, but they were immature. 
And this is a misconstrued idea about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that if someone operates in a gift, that that makes them necessarily now mature. No, immature people can operate in gifts because gifts are such. They're gifts. They're gifts. It's called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not given to you based on your character or your maturity. It is a gift, and the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And so we see many immature people even operating in gifts, but they don't have the character, the maturity to stand even in the places God wants to take them and their gift could take them. So we have to mature in our character. We have to mature in Christ likeness and, and fulfill the will of God in the earth. And so Paul is, is writing the church and he says in 1 Corinthians 3, 1, and I, brethren, cannot speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now you're not able for you are still carnal. Immaturity is a carnal condition, and Christians can be carnal. What does that mean? They're dominated by their five physical senses, and specifically touch. They're dominated by what they see versus what God says. They're dominated by what they hear on the 6 o'clock news or on a college campus. I can't tell how many, how many young people I've seen graduate that did not get established in their faith before they went off to college. And a professor that doesn't even believe there's a God, talks them out of their, of their faith. How is that? How can that happen? It's because of immaturity. They're so dominated by what they hear, dominated by what they say, and especially dominated by what they feel. That's a carnal Christian. An, a spiritual person, an adult in the Lord, is dominated by the Word of God. They're dominated by the Spirit of God. They're dominated by God's moral absolutes that never vacillate, that never changes. That's a spiritual person. And I can't tell you, brothers and sisters, how many people I run, to, run into as I travel uh, that will just look me in the face and say, I know the Bible says that, but here's how I feel. This is how I Feel. I know the Bible says that's wrong, but my children have embraced it. And so now I'm compromising truth. I'm compromising God's morals and values. And we have to get past that if we're going to see a recovery of our country, a recovery of our churches, and get off of this path of death, darkness, and, and literal destruction. It's going to take a revelation of God. It's going to take our eyes opened and transitioning from milk to solid food. Can you imagine me going into a church and saying, you know, I would love to talk to you people like adults. <laughs> I would love to be spiritual and talk about spiritual matters. But you're so carnal that I have fed you with milk and you still haven't grown or transitioned off of milk only onto now the meat of, of God's word and, and kingdom. And so I have to talk to you like little babies. Wow, that, that's just profound to me. And that's one of the disadvantages we have now in the media revolution 
the digital revolution that we are in the middle of, that if the Lord tarries, this generation, the generation you and, I, you and I are a part of, will make history. People who make history do not know they're making history while it's being made. And I'm telling you, the digital revolution will have a profound and is having a profound effect on the whole earth even more than the industrial revolution had. And so because of that, though, I'm reaching millions of people through digital format, through social media, through podcasts, through truth and liberty. Uh, and right now, I guarantee you, there's immature and mature that are watching. There's new converts. And then there's uh, those that have transitioned from a convert to a disciple. And it would be offensive to the immature to even say, man, I can't talk to you people like adults. I have to talk to you like a child. That alone is offensive to a child. That's a part of immaturity. There are many symptoms of immaturity and signs of maturity in our lives. And one of the signs of immaturity is you can't recognize your immaturity and you're easily offended. You're touchy, touchy, touchy. And the truth, instead of rejoicing in the truth, which 1 Corinthians 13, 6 says, you wind up rejoicing in iniquity. We have people rejoicing, maybe Christians, entire churches, rejoicing in iniquity and resisting the truth, resisting God and submitting to demonic powers. That's how serious the day is. That's how... We've got to engage with God, brothers and sisters, and we've got to transition from meat to milk. Well, uh, from milk to meat. I had a dyslexic moment there. <laughs> milk are the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ. They're the foundational principles of Jesus and the cross and God's love for you. And they have to be laid and they're for you and they're personal. Like milk is God loves you. And he loves you unconditionally. His love for you is unconditional. It's unmerited. And you have to get established in God's love for you. It's God's love for you, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, that cast out fear. 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So the milk of God's word begins with God loves you and he'll never leave or forsake you. There's nothing you can do. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. There's nothing good you can do to get God to love you more. And there's nothing bad you can do to get God to love you less. That's foundational. That's milk. And yet many of God's people don't even know how God loves them and they're dominated by fear. Politicians are able to manipulate them with fear. The CDC was able to control the whole world with fear of COVID-19. And while we needed to be cautious about any kind of disease, we didn't need to fear and, and operate in all the fear that the body of Christ operated in during COVID-19. And we didn't even have discernment. We were so immature, fear dominated our heart instead of faith dominating our heart. 
We aren't established at large in the love of God. And so here's the milk. Let me get back. Milk is God loves you, and you need to learn and be taught the love of God. The love of God is not felt. The love of God is taught. Titus chapter 2, right around verse 11, says that the older women were to teach the younger women to love their husbands and to love their children. Oh, my goodness. You mean you're taught to love your husband? Yeah, the love of God has to be taught. Love for our children has to be taught. And I can tell you right now, we have not taught a generation how to love kids because confusing them in their sexuality at 10, 12, 13 years of age is evil. And it's not love. It's not compassion. Cutting their body parts off is evil. It's not compassion. It's not love. It's not understanding. It is evil, and that's not loving children. And so even the milk of God's kind of love is taught. We, in 1 Thessalonians, I think it's chapter 3, I'm thinking around verse 9, somewhere in the Bible in Thessalonians, it's recorded that we have need that no man teach us God's love, but the Holy Spirit is teaching us. God's kind of love and to love one another. So let me get back. I'm sorry. Milk is God loves you. Meat is you and I loving God back. Meat is loving each other with God's kind of love. Jesus talked about meat and the meat of God's word. In John chapter 4, the disciples went to get some food. And when they came back, Jesus had witnessed to the, the woman at the well, and he was conscious of the harvest like I am, like we here at Truth and Liberty, those at Flashpoint, those precious brothers and sisters, what God is doing is we are aware of the harvest and that the harvest is plenteous and that we have to prepare laborers to go into the harvest and Jesus is the Lord of the harvest and we're about to reap a great harvest in this great awakening. And so Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, I have meat, John 4, um, I think it's 31, John 4, right around 31, 32. Um, Jesus said, I have meat that you know not of. Now, remember, they went to get food and, and they came back with the food and Jesus said, I have meat that you know not of. There's a meat that I'm eating of and partaking of that right now you guys don't have a clue. And they didn't have a clue. They thought, well, is he talking about food? Did somebody get some food and bring it to him? And is he already ate? Did we go get food in vain? <laughs> I have meat that you know not of. And listen, then he says, my meat is to do the will of my father. Look at this on the screen now. My food or my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So see, meat in the Bible is not heavy revies. There's people that, that think the simple things, they're beyond them. In Hebrews chapter 5, the writer said that Solid food belongs to them who are of full age. Those who are of full age, those who by reason of, of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil, 
The verse just before that talked about how they're not on milk only, that they're not on the milk of God's Word only. I have never left the milk of God's Word. The simplicity of Jesus, how that everything I teach goes, it comes from Jesus and goes back to Jesus. This is how you keep from being deceived. This is how you stay track and true is that all of your topics, your subjects, they come from a relationship with Jesus and take us back to a relationship with Jesus. You can never get off track if you stick with the simplicity of Jesus. The devil cannot deceive us like he did Adam or Eve in the garden through his subtlety and his craftiness. And Paul feared for them in 2 Corinthians 11 that he would corrupt their minds from the simplicity that's in Jesus. So milk is the simple things, the foundational things, but no matter what you know about the foundation, God knows more about that than you know more, and there's more for you to learn about the simple things. So I partake of milk constantly, but I also partake of meat. What is meat? Meat is doing the will of the Father. It's finishing His work in your life. It's obeying God. Again, here's love and milk. God loves you. Here's meat. Love God back and love each other. We love God because he first loved us. Here's milk. God has forgiven you. He has extended total, complete, perfect forgiveness. He's forgiven you of all sin. He's made a covenant with you. I will remember your sins and iniquities no more, and I will be merciful to your unrighteousnesses. That's the covenant in Hebrews 8 and in Hebrews 10 that God made with us. So milk is your forgiven. Well, what's the meat? You forgive now one another. You act on that forgiveness. You receive from God first in milk. You mature, you develop, your understanding is enlightened, and now you forgive people their trespasses, even as God has forgiven you. And that's what we're seeing today. We've got people that are still on milk. They have not even been established in the simplicity of Jesus's love for them, forgiveness for them, God's mercy toward us, grace. There's an emergence, thank God, of the message of grace. And I saw the message of grace in, in May uh, of 1980, I had a vision of the cross. I saw Jesus full of grace and truth. I saw the, the cross and my forgiveness. I saw my identity in Jesus. It was all milk. And as I began to feed on the milk of God's word, I grew. And here's, here's grace is God again loves you, has forgiven you, has made you promises. You can't earn them. You can't deserve them. But what's the meat of the message of grace? You are a gracious person now. <laughs> Your speech is seasoned with, with grace and with salt. And uh, you're a blessing. Grace, you're blessed. Milk, meat, you become a blessing everywhere you go. Well, I need to take some of your calls and questions. Um, I've got a lot of teaching on this that's available at my website, pastordwayne.com, pastordwayne, D-U-A-N-E, Dwayne, pastordwayne.com. And I'm 
I'm doing a television series right now on, on nurturing our spiritual growth. Many of us need nurtured from milk to meat. Others, you need to nurture the immature into the meat of God's word. So we just got some great questions that have already come in. I'll answer the first one really quick uh, in this segment. Uh, should Washington, D.C. become a state? <laughs> Absolutely not. It is the most corrupt area of the entire country. It may rival other corrupt governments around the world. We've got a corruption problem in Washington, D.C. And even this last bill, this border bill, so-called, that's filled with deception, filled with lies, filled with falsehoods. They've, they've put in the, in the uh, border bill uh, uh, safeguards that if this goes to the courts, which it will, uh, all of it nearly is unconstitutional and we won't do what's constitutional uh, in the sense of our border and the border crisis. But if it goes to court, there's some clause in that bill that I saw that talks about it will be litigated in Washington, D.C. Why are they putting that in the bill? Because of the corruption in Washington, D.C., and they've got to get the judicial as corrupted as the executive in order to impose all this corruption on the masses. So I, I, I hope we never see it become a state. Um, if Colorado can keep Trump off the ballot, why can't Governor Abbott secure his border? Uh, it's a great question. Gover Governor Abbott is securing his border. He is doing uh, things to secure the border. He's in the national news. If you'll go to our website, um, uh, truthandliberty.net, uh, and go to our resources, you'll see that we have posted different articles on where Governor Abbott, as we speak, is putting up barbed wire, trying to prevent an invasion. We are so carnal, brothers and sisters. We are just dominated by such immaturity and operating even in the church under deception that we don't even realize we're under an invasion we have a crisis in our nation right now and at our border. And it's like people just don't see it. They don't care. They believe all the lies of the, of the media and our primary politicians, both in the Democratic Party and in the Republican Party. We, the president has constitutional rights. You need to call Richard Harris and our friends at Flashpoint tomorrow you need to call in tomorrow and you need to ask them, can the president just shut the border down? I'm sure somebody on that panel and Richard Harris will know the constitutional rights and authorities that a president has to shut the border down. It's not Abbott that's the problem. It's our president does not want it shut down. And if you can't see what the reason for this invasion is all about, my heart just goes out to you. It just goes out to you. Uh, I don't know that I can help you or anybody can help you because it's all political. I guarantee you, pass a law tomorrow that every person that crosses the border illegally becomes a registered Republican, that puppy will be shut down overnight. There will be, there will be it'll look like a war zone overnight. Night. This is all politics, and there are politicians that 
lust for power that they're willing to destroy the country to empower themselves. And you got to wake up. We got to wake up. So um, Abbott is doing all he can to secure the border. It's the federal government's responsibility to protect the citizens of their nation, specifically ours. Will God judges? Will God judge politicians more harshly than, than normal people? <laughs> I, I just love the question. I guess there's normal people, <laughs> and then there's these politicians. Uh, will God judge them more harshly? We're all going to stand before the Lord and give an account for our lives. The lost will judge, will stand before the Lord at the great white throne judgment, and they're going to give an account uh, for their rejection of Jesus, basically. God's going to show them all their sins uh, and how many times God reached out to them, how many times God, God spoke to their conscience, how many times God sent a preacher, how many times God sent a broadcast across their path to call upon Jesus, to accept Jesus as Lord. So God will justly show the world their rejection, their rebellion, and their disobedience to the, to the word, and that'll result in eternal punishment, eternal punishment, literally a devil's hell. We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and that's a different judgment. Our judgment will not be whether we go to heaven or hell or, or rejected Jesus. We've accepted Jesus, so we have this forgiveness of our sins, but we're accountable we're accountable. We're going to give an account for every word spoken and every deed done. That's why when we say a bad thing or we falsely accuse or we bear false witness, we need to repent and get the records cleared so that when we meet Jesus, we won't be held accountable to that. When we do something wrong, it's why we repent. The doctrine of repentance from dead works in Hebrews chapter 6, for a Christian I'm not repenting of these dead works, so I'll go to heaven. I'm not repenting of these dead works of sin, of, of self-righteousness, dead works, so that God will love me or bless me. I'm repenting of these dead works to purge my conscience and to, and to make things right horizontally. You know, I was talking about milk is God loves you, meat is you love each other. You'll hear the immature, even in the church, talk about sin, and they'll talk about, hey, God loves us. That sin doesn't matter. Sin's okay. Well, let me just quickly say sin isn't okay. Sin does matter, and God does love us, and God has forgiven us. But see, when it comes to us as believers sinning, it's not about God's love for us. Listen, it's about our love for God. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He didn't say keep my commandments so I will love you. No, we keep the commandments. Jesus himself said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do what I tell you to do. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't obey what I tell you to do? that you need to mix faith obedience with the Word of God, both written and spoken in your life. You need to get on some meat, dude. You need to be chewing on the meat, which means doing the will of God and finishing His work in your life. Babies are not skillful in the Word of righteousness. 
because they're a babe. They don't know how to apply the word. They don't have wisdom. Wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. That's why we have to nurture the immature, get them the knowledge of the Lord, get them understanding so that they can now act on the word of God. That's meat. And so me repenting of sin is, is a love for God now, not his love for me, and a love for people because sin hurts people. There's sin vertical that God has forgiven us of, but there's sin horizontal. If I sleep with my neighbor's wife, that's not love. I work ill will. I hurt people. I damage people's lives by committing adultery. And so why do I repent of adultery? So God will love me again because he quit loving me? God forbid. So God will forgive me because he withholds forgiveness now? No, God's forgiven me already. God loves me unconditionally. No, I'm repenting because I love God. I love him because he first loved me because I got on the milk and I learned his love. I'm on the meat now. I'm loving him back. I want to live holy because I love God, not because I'm afraid I'm going to go to hell or even the day of judgment. At the judgment seat of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 deals with this, all of our works will be judged by fire to be found true, either done in grace through faith or out of the flesh, and they'll be burned up and we'll lose our rewards. And so I hope I answered that. I'm running out of time. I've got some calls coming in. I need to take, take the calls but I just want to encourage you uh, that it's not that politicians are more corrupt than even some of the corruption in the church. Corruption is corruption, and we need to repent. We need to do the right thing. We need to start empowering politicians that know how to repent, that know how to do the right thing. We need to start voting for people that, that even know God, much less people who hate God. I'll be back in 90 seconds and take your calls. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. You were created with a purpose in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff. And man, I'm on fire again today. I'm passionate about this because I see the danger ahead and that the number one contributing factor to the absolute collapse of our country is immaturity in the church. 
that if every Christian would simply vote their conscience, if every Christian would simply vote based on moral absolutes and which candidate is the closest to a godly resolution, the closest to honoring even our Constitution, which was founded in Judeo-Christian principles, we could see our country turn around. And yet it's Christians that are voting and empowering people that literally one day will persecute them, prosecute them, and execute them. We just had a man, we had an article last week, I was going to show it, but um, I can't think of his name now, I think it was Paul, and I can't think of his last name, but he was a, a, a protester against uh, pro-choice, and he was protesting and, and actually standing for pro-life, and uh, he peacefully protested. He wasn't even at the event. He was a part of organizing the event, and the FBI came into his home and, and arrested him, arrested all these pro-life protesters, and these people are facing 11 years in prison and hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines, and we got Christians that are voting for people that will empower the FBI to come after members of the Catholic Church. And maybe you're not Catholic, but you're sitting there in your immaturity and you're saying, well, I mean, it's the Catholic Church. Like they're not going to come after Protestants? Like they're not going to come after you? They tried to shut our churches down during COVID-19 and make no mistake about it. That brought them great pleasure because we, the children of light, are the greatest threat to children of darkness, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. Their greatest threat is light, exposure. And if they're going to live in darkness, we have to be the children of light, and only the mature can fulfill God's will for their life. And Matthew chapter 5 says that the church, we the people of God, we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. That's who you are. That's your new identity. And milk begins of God's word, of understanding, hey, I'm a child of light. I can't participate in this darkness. I need to repent. Hey, I got to quit voting for people that want to kill babies right up till birth and halfway out their mother's womb in a partial birth abortion. That's evil. I can't vote for people who celebrate that. I can't vote for people who don't know what a woman is. I can't vote for people that don't know God is the author and creator of our gender. Why would you vote for somebody that doesn't know God created us male and female? If they don't have that kind of wisdom or understanding, how can they rule us in righteousness and the paths of righteousness? They can't, brothers and sisters. And again, I apologize if I'm just being too blunt today. I don't know what a, what a aid or whatever. But we need to wake up. And I believe the great awakening starts with you. It starts with me it starts with us. It starts in the church. We can't expect the world and children of darkness to do the right thing. We used to be children of darkness. We were committed to the wrong thing. Now we're children of light. Let's get committed to the right thing. All right, let's take your calls and some more of your questions. They're really good. Uh, we've got Randall from Colorado. Appreciate you so much, Randall. And you're in the news. Your state, as I've already said, is in the news as I speak. And I believe a ruling is coming down soon. Thank you for calling. What's your question? Yes. 
Yes, Pastor Dwayne. I appreciate you taking my call. Um, it's my, my privilege. Is, my question is about what, what first of all, I'm, as a practical government student, I I know that John Quincy Adams said, uh, duty is ours and results are God's. And we have lost great sight of that in the church today. My question is, as long as there is a uniparty and there's an unholy alliance between like Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer, what hope do we have? Well, I, other than, I appreciate that your... other than Christ, of course. Oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd like to come back to you after I make some comments because uh, I value your call so much. I value the question because I'll be honest. Um, there, our hope obviously ultimately is in Christ, but many people use that as a cop out to be now derelict in our duties. Uh, Quincy Adams, again, as you quoted, said duty was ours and the results are God's. We're asking God for results today and we're not faithful in our duties, our civil duties, our, our love not only for our country and for our freedom, but for the next generation. We, we just don't even have generational thinkers. When I see these people in Washington spending trillions, I don't even think most people, Viewers can comprehend the word trillion, and we're running over a $2 trillion deficit. We're over-budgeted by $2 trillion. I'm sorry. Calm down, Dwayne. It's like, if we stay on this path, how can anyone think there's nothing but total annihilation at the end of this road? And yet people don't care. They're so self-centered and, and led by their five physical senses, even the church, that we need this money and we need to spend this money and it's good. It's, it's corrupt. It's wrong. And so back to what hope do we have and what happens to me that I can only take, and I've been honest with everybody I'm engaged with, I can only take so much of the news and process it and it not start to discourage me. It does discourage you if that's all you look at. But if we know that God is faithful, even when we're faithless. If we know that for us who love him and are called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28 says, he will work all this together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. If those of us who love God, those are Christians, and called according to his purpose, that's to be conformed into the image of his dear son, then we can see God turn this around. But we've come to a point now where the law of sowing and reaping is inevitable. This is my concern, Randall, and I appreciate you. I thank God for you. I thank God for our school of government. Most people would absolutely, in our school of government, if they attended your class, Randall, they would be choking. They would be choking from the meat. They couldn't handle it. But man... This constitution that we have came out of Judeo-Christian principles. That's what made us a prosperous nation, the most prosperous on the earth. It's not the dirt, the land, it's God. So I have hope because God has told me 
We're in the early stages of a great awakening. Well, I know what the awakening will do. Now, it may not turn out and things may get rough in a great awakening. The first great awakening led to the revolutionary war, uh, but the birth of our country. Uh, the second great awakening, it was Christians that woke up. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. It was Christians that woke up and said, slavery's wrong. We are all created equal and in the image of God, and it is wrong to enslave a fellow man. And it was Christians and the awakening of the Christian community that awakened the conscience of the nation. And unfortunately, that, that great awakening, the second great awakening, led to the Civil War. So I don't know where this is going. I'm not suggesting we're on the brink of a war, though without God and without repentance, uh, I can see a war in the future. But I have hope because of people like you, Randall, because of truth and liberty, because of Flashpoint, because of pastors that I know that, man, they've done a 180 and God has woke them up and they don't want to go underground. They, they used to be nervous of losing a member or two, speaking the truth in love, and you might lose a member or two. Some of them are waking up now and they're going, my gosh, we're going to lose our church. We're not going to lose a member. We're going to lose our church. So what kind of follow-up question or comment would you have in regards to that? Well, my, my thoughts on Yes, I, I agree with all that you just said. I, it just is, you and I are probably about the same age, maybe a little bit. I can remember when Kennedy was assassinated, and it just, it's it's like Trump said, they're, they're coming after you. I'm just in the way. I just, That's right. You know. Uh, That's right. It's not even the Republicans. I guarantee you, let a Democrat, let a Democrat stand up and say, I'm pro-life. I've seen the light. I'm pro-life. They'll be, they'll be, they'll be driven out of the party. Uh, so I hear you. Go ahead. Well, the other thing is that, uh, you know, when, Ke I, I, when Kennedy stood up and said, ask not what you can your country can do for you but rather what you can do for your country that <laughs> had to run totally counter yeah. not only to today but that era and that time and i will never forget the the processional and my mom standing in front of the television crying and i'm just i'm young yeah. and i'm ask, asking her what's going on why, why is she crying yeah and uh and now I realize uh, I need you. I need new conspiracies, Dwayne, because all my old ones have come true. <laughs> Every, you know, the change in my life, uh, Randall. Uh, I used to stay away. Now I'm not saying I was right. Uh, we're all growing in our knowing of truth and good and evil. But I, I used to stay away from most what I thought was conspiracy theories, that this is just goofy thinking and people are letting their mind run away with them. But I, I hear you. I've got no more conspiracy theories left. Uh, everything I used to think was a conspiracy has come to pass, that corrupt people are doing corrupt things to bring this nation down to divide us, to create a civil war. We're already in a cold, 
political civil war. Uh, but there are people that want to light up the streets. They will pay people to riot, to divide us. And it's not a conspiracy. I remember Randall, the first time a friend of mine said, you know, most of those uh, uh, protesters are paid, <laughs> paid protesters, uh, kind of a rent a mob, George Soros type uh, people paying people to go into the streets and riot. And I went, no way. These people aren't paid. These people, they may be deceived, but they're passionate. It's grassroots. And then when I found out, they were paid. That some, not all, but some of these protesters just a few years ago that burned our cities down, they were paid. They were bussed in. They were bussed in from other places. We actually had people bust into my city to burn our city down. Who could care less about our city? And so, yeah, we need some new conspiracy theories, Randall, uh, uh, I know that the bomb that was planted at the DNC with Kamala Harris, the vice president, was in the DNC during the during the protest and the January 6th meltdown, and there's no reason for her to be in the DNC. She should have been at the Capitol. They were verifying her and Biden's presidency and vice presidency, and she's in the DNC, and there's a pipe bomb out there, and they missed it. There's all kinds of things going on that are absolutely corrupt. And those things are going to come to light as well as, as God raises people up. So I can't thank you enough, Randall, for, for being a part of our government um, mountain and, and going into government. We need good people to step up and to make a difference. Well, thank you for calling. One of your questions uh, I thought you were going to ask, Randall, is are there unholy alliances in Congress? Was that your question? Yes. Yes, it was. And, uh, you know, because it seems like Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell should be batting heads 100% of the time. And yet Mitch McConnell, who's supposedly the Republican leader, is voting in lockstep almost with with Chuck Mitch, absolutely, and, and we have forgotten the purpose of two parties, two opposing parties. Once both parties become unified in evil, then everything is going to collapse immediately. And so we need an opposition party. Mitch McConnell has to go. Mitch McConnell is beyond the age of serving and uh, is slipping uh, and I don't say that judgmental toward him and, and personal, but Mitch McConnell needs to be replaced. We have got to, to get and vote senators into office that have a moral compass, that have a heart to serve, not to be empowered. And Mitch has been there a long time. He's a very powerful figure in Washington, D.C. and on that hill. And uh, yet I hear you. The alliances that are unholy are destructive for the country. We need to be opposing this border bill, the border bill, for instance. How can anybody vote for a border bill that has $60 billion in it for Ukraine and only $20 billion for the border? And in the $20 billion for the border, we don't even, we don't even shut the border down. Well, this is terrible. We've got to have somebody to fight the good fight of faith up there. And while I don't like the political 
battles and, and contention, man, I want to vote for somebody that's going to stand up against the national media and their lies. I want to vote for somebody that's going to stand up for us, that's going to stand up for our families and not join these unholy alliances. It's not just Mitch McConnell. There are many Republicans up there, and I'm, I'm praying that it change, Randall, that there be people that understand I am here to represent a constituent that loves God, that loves our country, that loves our families, and that wants us protected. And so I, I just appreciate you. Thanks for calling. Uh, I appreciate it. Let's go back to some of these other questions. Um, I'm not sure this question. I wish it was uh, live. Uh, we're, we're receiving questions and people remaining anonymous, and then we have our live calls. Uh, so I, I, I'd rather have this as a live call where I could ask some questions. But they're talking about the World Health Organization and how can we give them power to control our country. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the, the person is asking but we don't need to give them control of our country. We don't need anyone that's removed that far from caring about us and our freedoms, our personal health, our personal health and how we, how we deal with our personal health should be a private matter. It should fall under freedoms and liberties that no state government, federal government or world organization can mandate or have sovereignty over our bodies, over our bodies. And someone who's confused, even immature Christians might say, well, what about a woman's right to her body and the abortion issue? The abortion issue is not the right and freedom of her body. It's the right and freedom of another body that's on the inside of her body. And she had autonomy of her body before she got pregnant. Now that she's pregnant, she's responsible for not only her body, but another body. You and I cannot impose our rights and liberties over the rights and liberties of others. And a child in the womb has the right to life, the right to freedom, the right now to be born. And so that's different. When it comes to your health, the mandate that we had to take the shot in order to work, we were quarantined. Uh, all of these things override individual sovereignty. And what makes America great is the rights of the individuals, not the collective. When you hear all these terms, the collective, the collective, and what's best for the collective, that is communist verbiage, socialism, fascism verbiage, the right of the collective at the expense of the individual. That's how communists empower themselves and enslave the masses, throw them in the gulags if they disagree with them, or keep them in the rice fields in poverty while they enrich themselves with wealth. We do not want to go down that path, and our founding fathers saw that in the Bill of Rights. It restricts what the government can and cannot do to us as individuals. So the World Health Organization does not care about the individual rights. How do we inform people of truth 
when they just don't care about anything except themselves. Amen. Welcome to the ministry. Hallelujah. How do we inform people about the truth when they don't care about anything but themselves? Well, first of all, it's not, it's not our responsibility to convict anybody, to, to convince anybody, or to convert anybody to the truth. Think about that for a minute. It is my responsibility, it is your responsibility, brothers and sisters, to share the truth, to give an account for the hope that lies within you to everyone that asks. One of the problems we have in social media, and I don't know how to address it yet, I believe the Lord will give me wisdom to, to share on this down the road, but one of the problems with social media is we tend to start giving answers to questions people don't have. And on the internet, it is difficult to answer a question that someone's asking when there's 100,000 other people who don't care, who aren't asking, who are offended by the question, much less now the answer. So we have to learn to, to trust God to convince people of the truth. We just have to share it in love where we have opportunity. And let me just say to the masses, don't waste your time arguing with people. Don't waste your time in debate with someone who doesn't have a heart for God or a heart for the truth. There's too many other people that want to hear you. I learned this early in the ministry. I don't answer questions people aren't asking, and I don't impose the truth trying to convince or convict or convert you to the truth. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convince people of the truth, to, to convict people of the truth, and to convert people to the truth. That's the Holy Spirit's job. My job, your job, is to share the truth in love. Share who Jesus is and what he means to you. Share what he's shown you in wisdom and balance and insanity. We need some sane Christians to rise to the top in this hour. We need sane pastors to speak the truth in love on a national, international format where there can be an awakening to the hungry, to those that are seeking. And so don't impose things on anyone. Don't argue with anyone. Share what people are open to receive. And if they shut you down, find somebody else to share with. All right. One of the questions we had is, why do we need to suffer in order to get stronger? Well, there's nuance to that answer because it involves trials and tribulations. And what is the purpose of all these trials and tribulations? What is the good that God brings out of all the suffering that we all experience in this life at one measure or another? And it's the trying of our faith, the testing of our faith. Faith that hasn't been tested is not a steadfast faith. Faith that hasn't been tested is not an established faith. And what Jesus wants to do in your life, brothers and sisters, and in my heart and life, is he wants us to be established in our faith. So that faith has to be tested by fire, which is suffering, Christian suffering. And what it does, it's you're exercising your faith muscle in submitting to God and resisting the devil. The reason we get stronger in suffering is suffering simply drives us to Jesus 
and a relationship with him and fellowshipping with him. We fellowship with him in our sufferings. And so that builds intimacy with Jesus. And then in submitting to Jesus, submit to God, James 4, 7, now we can resist the devil in our faith and he will flee. And what happens is the bottom line is we get, we get stronger. We get wiser. We get more mature. We get better equipped to even help someone else that's suffering. One of the purposes of Christian suffering and submitting to God in it, resisting the devil, fighting the good fight of faith is for your maturity, but for you to comfort others that are suffering. So I hope that, I hope that helps. All right. I didn't know if we were going to end the show without my friend Frank or not. So Frank, thank you for calling. This is Frank from Missouri. And uh, what is your question, my dear brother? Well, it's, it's sure good to hear you and, and the intensity you. of, and, and, uh, and, and then you include yourself in on, you know, most preachers that are preaching at everybody else, but they're, it, it, oh, it amen. <laughs> you include you in on this business. <laughs> amen. Frank, how do you know? Me, I know you know that when was, I point my finger you know, at, at I, I you. I West Africa for nine weeks, man. I've got three at me. Malaria. I come back uh -huh. to the States, and this doctor, this 30-year-old doctor, because I told him that President Trump was taking this hydroxychloroquine that— uh, he would uh -oh. not. He said it's against CDC principles or, or CDC. He's doing it illegally, yeah. illegally or whatever. I said, man, hey, I'm on with school. I, you know, I, I, I sort of kind of know what <laughs> uh, what I need here. And he won't, you know, I, I got to go to the store and buy uh, whatever uh, 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 something that it's got tonic water or it's got uh, quinine in it in order to be able to satisfy my immune system. Anyways, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know, just well, ain't worried yeah. about some of these young buff doctors. I'm, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm running out of time. I've got other calls. Anyways, uh, I got a. Can you hear me, Frank? A, you think that? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I hear you, but can you hear me? I need you to get to your question. I have more calls. I need to hurry. Uh, go ahead and ask your question. I certainly can't give medical advice over the air. Yeah. Okay. So anyways. What's your question? Uh, it, it was, it's about President Trump, and I just got to—I got to preface it by telling you that I got to go to church on Sunday, and I told Pastor John. I walked in the door. I had prayed with the a volume of a, a you know the, the prayer council was there at one 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 before I walked through that door, and, and, and Johnny was the first one I wrote. I said, I say, hey, Pastor Dwayne said that he couldn't believe that you. Have not invited. He said, we're, we're committing it to prayer right now for him to, to come here to St. Jim. So I Amen. might not get to call. Well, Frank, I'm going to have to move on. I apologize. Uh, I'm not sure what your question was there, but I'm, I've only got two and a half minutes left, and I want to go to Omi. Omi from Oklahoma, uh, thank you for calling. We just have a few minutes. I didn't want to. Leave you hanging. What's your question, please? Yeah, um, my question is: as uh, church bodies, church members, what can church members be doing to organize or whatever for 
if we get to this place where, you know, you're to the mark of the beast to be able to buy things, what can churches do right now to be kind of organizing so that they can be yeah. um, working together yeah. to, you know, yeah, I'm each disappointed. other? Yeah. Thank you so much for the question. I'm running out of time. Um, we definitely need to be better prepared. Um, and I, I hesitate to answer too with too much brevity and not explain myself. Uh, but you have people that can become over preppers uh, for even a crisis or um, a bad event that may come our way like a hurricane here in Oklahoma. You know, we've got our tornadoes. I know you're familiar with them. And so you, you, you need to have preparation, but people can over over prep out of fear just out of fear, and uh, that's not healthy. On the other hand, there are things that we can be doing uh, in our churches and in our community. First of all, us preachers need to come alive and awake and at least prepare people for what's coming so that we're not a party to what's coming. There may be a lot of bad things on the horizon, and my, God may have even said they're coming but that doesn't mean I participate in them. I encourage them just because God said it. And I need better spiritually prepared. That doesn't mean though we can't do some things in the natural. At our church, the church I now attend, uh, and I'm an elder in it still, uh, we have a food bank for in instance that abs absolutely feeds not only our community and county, we're a food bank for other food banks in the outlining counties. So there's things like that we can be doing. The main thing is we got to start loving each other. We've got to get to know each other. We've got to care about each other because I believe we're going to need each other in the near future. Well, I'm out of time. It's almost disappointing, but thanks so much for being a part of Truth and Liberty. I'll see you again soon. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.